What's good, y'all? It's Ofo from the WYL Take Ownership Podcast, where we're all about taking ownership of your mental, your economics, and your community. I'm joined today by Letter J. Say what's up. Hey, what's good? <laughs> and Doc Crom all over here. We got Philly, we got Dallas in the building, you know, good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now today, you know, as we always do, we're going to hit you guys with some things that are happening right now, get their opinions on these things, see how it's all coming together, and then we want to hit you guys with a, mu- with a conversation on music, especially hip-hop as it's entering now its sixth decade, um, really shifting the culture and being the number one listened to music on the planet. So that being said, how are you guys feeling? I mean, are you guys familiar with the fact that the WNBA just signed the new collective bargaining agree- agreement? Saying that now all players will, on average, get over six k six figures a year. Um, not sure if you guys are big WNBA fans. I will be first and foremost in saying that I'm not. I don't tune in to watch it all the time, yeah. but I do know it is a collective win for the culture. It's a collective win for all those women that put their entire lives around the idea of playing basketball, um, and it's deserved from the money that's made off of them annually. So, I mean, what are you, just opening up with that, what are you guys' thoughts on where that sits and what the future looks like for inclusivity on all levels? I mean, personally, I love it. So I grew up playing basketball my entire life. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, basketball was the only thing I loved as much as music growing up. And I remember I watched, like, Pete Magic. I used to sleep with the basketball. I was, like, bouncing it low. Like, I was just hand nice with the handles. You know, so <laughs> 17 and <laughs> points a game on average. You know. <laughs> Girls to this day ask me about that body. I go, honey, this is 20 years in the making, you know, this is basketball. But um, so it makes me really happy because I remember I was like nine or 10, I met Nancy Lieberman Klein, who at the time was one of the only women that there was like this controversy. She felt like she was qualified, like capable enough to be considered in the NBA. And it's interesting because everyone was like, she tripping, you know? But she ended up hosting this basketball camp and it was for women and it was just powerful. I met her, I met Cynthia Cooper, Rebecca Lobo, and these women were idols for me. And so to to understand like women influence so many cultures. Obviously I have a gaming startup and women are the reason the mobile industry is the number one uh, gaming genre in the gaming gamut. And I think it's really great to see women being rewarded for, honestly, we work really hard, you know, um, to just be acknowledged. And so to finally be acknowledged financially in a sport that is so important to, I guess, American culture, certainly our culture, like people. But worldwide like, now, with basketball, sure. yeah. But like in a country like America that places education. Uh, sports over education. Sure. Like, you know, coming from Texas, that's that's a a very real thing. Huge. Um, And it's Mm -hmm. like, it's a very big acknowledgement and it's long overdue. Yeah. No, that's real. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Um, So I don't watch the WNBA, but I also don't watch the NBA. Yeah. um, So as much, you know, so so this is news to me. Yeah. You know, but um, (laughs) I'm glad I could drop it today. (laughs) No, yeah. Appreciate it. But uh, nah, I think this is great, man. I think that um, when we're looking across the board, it's just been a, a much needed recalibration right. you know what i mean because it's just like for centuries women have been like mm-hmm. just under the opposite gender you know what i mean and like that shit's really insane yeah. so it's like for that to happen right now um i think that's great you know you see like women stepping up in certain roles like ceo positions across like the mm-hmm. business world so it's like it's only right that it happens in entertainment as well yeah. um i would just hope that like they also put 
amount of money into the marketing as well because yeah, i just feel like the wnba itself if they pump more more marketing dollars in, into it it could be as big as the nba it's just one of those things you just don't hear about as enough so it's like it's great that we're about to get them paid it's like now let's make lift the whole sport up you know what right. I, mean? I think and, and it's interesting when you look at soccer even last year you have the women's uh usa team that has has won more than the men's team. You look at the last twenty years, and yet they get paid less. But it, it doesn't actually make sense when they, because of their contributions, USA Soccer is on a different level. Only for women. For men, we're like middle of the pack, you know. Um, and then it was it was interesting yesterday. You know, they had the Democratic debate, and um, you know they have Globachar, they have uh, Warren on stage, and you have three three other men, all white people at this point. Um, but Elizabeth Warren made a comment because now this whole this buzzy thing has been Bernie Sanders said to her privately in 2018 that a woman can't really win president in 2020 against Trump. So he denied it. But then mad people came out and said, nah, it's really true. And Elizabeth Warren, when she was asked about it on stage, was kind of like, well, I mean, collectively on this stage, ten, there's 10 elections that have been lost and they were all by the men on the stage. The two women on the stage have never lost an election, so it was like so. When you talk about the idea of losing, it's like, what are we really talking about here? Um, and opportunities, and so even the CEO thing is like, is it people stepping up in the CEO roles, or is it now opportunities are there where they're finally enabled to be like, oh, I'm, I've always been a CEO, here I am, you know? And that's really dope to to watch that transformation in culture and that shift, um, where women who outnumber men in society are being in positions where this is you know they, they've earned this this is you know the truth of how the nation should be but but yeah i think that the the financial disparity between um women who you know it's interesting because you said yeah you know it's dope that like they're playing bass oh sorry they're playing bass <laughs> i'm like such a you over here tapping the table know, you know right? at the um, audio <laughs> i just i think it's interesting because when i say society to me, that is synonymous with white America in large part. Um, and societally, women are not supported in sports arenas. So you naturally, so like me playing basketball, I was a tomboy. If I wasn't, it's kind of like, I played Barbie dolls and I like playing basketball. It's like, really? <laughs> you know, it's hey, kind of yeah. like you, you almost condition women at a very young age mm -hmm. to go in a direction. Not almost, like it's done, it's right? It's done. Yeah, it's yeah. like, and it's done, it's, it's just, it's so cognitive, it's so systematic because it's even ingrained in the nature of our culture as black people. We are naturally protective of like our children, right? So it's kind of like you're giving your daughter options. You can go this way, you might like girls, you might be a lesbian, you know? It's like there are these repercussions to being an athlete. Well, did you, you remember <laughs> that there was that study they did with the young black girl, and it's, it's like a YouTube video now, but they showed her a white Barbie, a black Barbie doll, and oh, said which sure. one's prettier, and she picked the white one. They're yes. like, why? I don't know, it's just prettier, right? And it was like, that stuff is ingrained from a yes. young age as yeah. to what is beauty or what is success or yes. what can women do or what can women not do. And, yes. and same for men, right? You know, what, what a man's supposed to be about and what he's not supposed to be about Absolutely. from a young age and ingrained in us, so. Um, very yeah, very interesting overall. Um, to to take a hard a hard turn on this because you know this is like this is like this is like the the, ver the most macho version of men in that I'm gonna move to bad boys for life is coming out. Um, so I'm a, I'm a Will Smith guy. I will say this: I've gotten to some many uh, many heated debates because um, 
as a Will Smith guy, I've yeah. I've I felt let down for the last fifteen years. Um, fifteen. Um, that's a long time. Um, the reason why I say that is well, because I was a Fresh Prince guy. I loved all the early. I like love Ali. Love Bad Boys. Love Bad Boys too. Bad Boys is my favorite movie of all time. I don't care if it's cheesy. I love it. No, he has. I think. All right. My thing is. Well, he had he had been giving me movies. Is that I think. Fifteen years old. I, it's not. I been, no, he's had some things in there. Maybe okay. ten. Maybe I should say ten. But in the sense that I think Instagram-wise, dude is popping. Like, I think he's hilarious. Oh, yeah, yeah. So As a human being, I mean, he's just an amazing light, right, um, that we can all acknowledge. And I don't want to make this whole Will Smith thing. So back in the day, back in college, uh, one of my closest homies, his name is Desmond. He's, he probably stands around 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, yeah. Biggest Martin Lawrence fan. I say his height because he yeah. loved Martin because yeah, he was yeah, a small yeah. guy. He's like Martin <laughs> stature. So um, we would always discuss Bad Boys versus Bad Boys Two. He loved Bad Boys, the first one, because Martin. Martin Martin was popping like that was when he was right. like top of the game, yeah, yeah. Right. and so Will was like, "Oh, you could throw him in here, right?" And it ended up being really good as you know, pretty good as a unit. Bad Boys Two was like it was very much Will Smith's movie, right? By this point, he's wearing like the dope coats and stuff. He's dating Gabby Union, who's yeah. Martin's sister. Martin's married, has kids, a dog that breaks down the, the above ground pool, Will like oh, in the movie. Oh, in the movie, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. So, you know, um, and off the Fresh Prince vibe and even rapping and stuff, like, he was always my guy. And then I just, I, I swear, I think somebody on his team left because the ability to pick great movies, I feel like, has kind of waned. Mm. Oh. That's just what I've, what I've observed, I think. Um, that being said, I'm extremely excited about this movie coming out yeah. um, because Bad Boys has meant so much to me in my life. Uh, but what are your thoughts on it? I mean, with Martin, Will, like, what's, what's good? What are y'all thinking? You know what? I was literally just, I was talking about this yesterday because I saw, first of all, he's so Instagram popping, mm -hmm. but I think it's smart of him because he understands where the marketing, Instagram is a great advertising tool and he, he understands. That boy got a whole film camera thing, them effects he be having on a phone. I'm like, damn, Will. <laughs> but I noticed there was a video where he said, this is what we do to shut down when we shut down Hollywood Boulevard. Mm -hmm. Did you see that? Where it was like showing the celebrities they had the premiere in LA. I love how supportive he's clearly, it's like evident how supportive he's being of Martin. Like yeah, he yeah. is literally like, I don't know what happened to Martin. Some people, I don't know what happened, but he's his disposition is clearly like more- Subdued. Subdued. But, I, but he's yeah. been like, so everyone's like, yo, Will, he got out of the car. And he's like, yo, it's Martin, this legend right here. Like he shows him so much love. Like, yo, acknowledge yeah. my brother who you used to love, you fake ass, disloyal people who won't want him to be relevant right now because I'm so relevant, I'm about to show you he's still relevant. I love that he's like that. No, I love it. And Martin, Martin, you know, it's 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 tough. Like he had that the whole break breakdown at the end of the nineties where he was like in the middle of the street with a gun and like had a oh. mental yeah. He he came back and had like stand up after that, but it was, you know, his career was a little bit different. Well, very different after that, because it, yeah, I think what's interesting about that dynamic is right now you look at Chappelle talks about the Martin thing too, and like why he left Hollywood yeah. and that life for ten years. He's like, yo, like, shit. He's like, Martin in the streets doing crazy. Like, what's happening in Hollywood? Like, what what the fuck is happening out there that's making people crazy? Mm -hmm. uh, which leads him to talk about why he ended up leaving for a while or what have you. But um, I think it, it is interesting watching that dynamic of them play out as they do this press junket, especially around New York City, because they've been on everything the last week everything. and a half. And you know, Will Will's light is very bright. 
you know, and and it's it's weird because you watch him kind of dim it a bit just so that Martin is kind of included. Um, but it, you know, they have a friendship that's gone on for a long time. I mean, yeah. you got kind of a smirk. I mean, yeah, what are you thinking? What you th- yeah. Well, I mean, well, one, you know, they've been in the industry for a long, for a long time. time. You know what I mean? So it's like it's very tough to, regardless of what happens, to just continue to perform at that level for so long. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I think even when you go to compare their if we were to compare like their their work against each other, like Will has like always shined brighter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he's a he's a, he's a blockbuster actor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So right. it's like right. after six degrees of separation and mm-hmm. and and, and uh, the Fresh Prince stuff and all of that, he went straight into blockbuster movies yeah. for so long. You know and what I mean? Bad Boys helps kind of catapult him in yeah. that space. And so, Men in Black and all the other movies. Like if you compare it to basketball, like he's been winning rings in the beginning of his yeah. career. So yeah. then like when he goes to do like. Pursuit of Happiness and all of those movies. That's like him just trying to like score, put numbers on. Those the are good though. Like, look, yeah, I could do I mean, this too. You yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I'm not just Ali. It's not just Men in Black. You know what I mean? So I mean, I, don't, I. I think he did did those movies because that's who he is as a person. Though, I think there were more. I believe in this. Like that Pursuit of Happiness. Personally, I mean, I've heard interviews of him talk about what that script meant to him. Right. So that was like a. Denzel Washington playing Malcolm X. It's like, no, 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 this is my role because I want to play this role. Oh, that's interesting. He had his son in the movie with him. Like, that was a very personal movie for Mm. him. Like, me as a fan? Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. No, no, no. I just, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, me as a fan, when I see that, I'm I'm looking at him like, okay, he's trying to put up that performance that's going to get him acknowledged to get like an Oscar. Right, you right. Know what I mean? yeah, As a yeah. fan, that's what that's what I would think. Because it's like when these guys do blockbusters, like they don't really come off with like Oscars like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean for the most part. Yeah. You know. I don't know. That's just what I think is a fan. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I enjoy that range. Like I that's what I want to see from Will because I think that he can he, he can step into that. He's capable yeah. of it. But you said so, in the last fifteen years. Well was... but that's my point though. I feel like he's capable of doing it. I just feel like the last 15, 15 years he hasn't. Like it, it there's been glimmers, right? Like I think of every if of every four movies, one is like okay or good and that is frustrating because there's like three that you just be like i feel like well and so i wanted to address your point one because i think yes will may have gone into blockbuster but martin was holding down syndicated television for a very long time and that is not to be forgotten he had more seasons than fresh prince I mean, I don't know, but arguably... It was six for Fresh Prince. I'm not Martin, sure. I think Martin was around there. I don't know. I think Martin only did five. But I don't know a lot of... It doesn't matter the tenure. Okay. Because I think the more black people mm-hmm. F with Martin way more than... I, for I, sure. I would agree with that. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. I would agree well, look, with look, that. Well, look, look. Facts, though. Martin is like true stand-up comedy. Yes. It's That's hilarious. One. And he in, he in all the movies that we love. He in what? The, the class act... Is that it? Or house parties? You know what I mean? So it's like, he's in black movies. You know what I mean? We're like, Will's in like global movies. No, I get it. But I'm just saying, I think at some point, they just shouldn't be compared like when it comes to that. Because like there's movies and then there's television. They have different roles in our our culture and and everything. And Martin's role in the black community was so significant. Mm. Like he made us laugh on TV without needing to wear a dress. When he chose a character... That character was hilarious. He was Nutty Professor before Eddie Murphy even did it. He was mad characters. You know what I mean? And he had us, like, laughing. And to this day, you could still watch every Martin episode and be, like, on the floor. I still think Fresh Prince was funnier, but I get See, it. See, that's like, funny because like, I love Fresh. I, first of all, I I'm thought, a Will fan yeah, yeah. But Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was funny corny. It was like corny funny. Martin was Martin was better. Martin was better. Look, 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 look. Let me hear it. See, 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 with Fresh Prince, right? Yeah. He had 
all the most beautiful women of that oh, time period all in all the episodes, right? <laughs> yes. And then and then he was just he he dressed better than everybody. Like you could like find like new outfits to wear, new sneakers just from watching him mm-hmm. on Fresh Prince, but but Martin made me want to like grow up and get an apartment and like live a life as a as a black adult. Like Martin was like fire. Word. You know no, what I mean? Word. Like it was like he wanted to make your boy crawl through the window just so you could be like, yeah. what you doing in the window? Yeah, yeah. Martin just felt like nigga shit. You know what I mean? Well, like I think it was. And I, I, get, I get it. Like I think it was hilarious too. But Fresh Prince to me, like that family dynamic of like that, like and I guess we're looking at it for different reasons, right? Like you right. talked about like the idea of stepping up into a space where you can get an apartment, grow up or whatever. Yeah. Fresh Prince was like. Family just like I love the Uncle Phil jokes. I love that back then you could practice somebody being fat and it wasn't like this deep yeah. thing. It was just like it was just like the nigga was fat. It's not like it's not, it's not like a cooler version of like uh, family matters to me. Yes, yeah. that's yeah. the yeah. dynamic. One was like they were family in different ways. Martin's family was you're right. That's you know true. what I'm saying? That's very true. Like yeah. Pam, she was mad ghetto and yeah. bro man. It's like really, bro. And then like. Freaking Cole, who I've had the pleasure of working next to, like the legitimately fun. You know what? Everybody was a comedian. Yes. Martin. Yeah. That's what was funny. Oh, okay. Everybody was. Wow, I didn't funny. think about it like that. Well, that but and, and the thing is, Fresh Prince has an episode where you can tell that's like energy that was coming towards them because yes. they have DL Hughley plug in there. Right. And there's an episode where Will tries to do stand up yes. and fails at it, and DL's like, "Let me take the mic from this man before you yes. kill us all." And then oh, goes up God. and kills all yes. that. So they they made an acknowledgement that Will's not a co- right. Will's not a comedian. Right. He's yeah. a funny dude. Yeah. Funny. And then there's people that really deserve that credit, like a Martin, like a DL, right. what have you. Right. And they even. And like put wrote in the script that Will's like he was cute corny like when Nia Long she's like you're cute you know like oh, you're corny cute you know it's Damn, okay baby I feel it's hurt okay. for Will right now I love like those big ass ears first of all I love Will I'm a massive fan yeah. don't get it twisted yeah, yeah. I'm a massive fan I'm just if we're just talking about the technicalities sure of, you that's know a real saying, thing yeah you're right I think I think Fresh Prince of Bel Air was a modern day grown up like from childhood to adolescent ish teenage family matters because it's family oriented and it was like values and real things and your dad's gone and like so it was full of so much other valuable life stuff martin was pure entertainment unadulterated like like for but it was definitely like black people and i feel like you oh my god y'all might love i feel like martin was for people in the south what rap was, it was Lil John. It was the music that it wasn't conscious rap because we oppressed enough, nigga. We just want to laugh. We just want to hear some music that doesn't die deep. We don't want to KRS one right now. And that's like New Yorkers, like Southern rappers, why is it stupid? But in the South, people just want to have a good time because you're bombarded with palpable racism. So you just want to hear music that's like, Fun. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, nigga, let's turn up. Right, right, right. Because we deal with enough shit. I don't want to be, I don't want to think about it. Nigga, I live it. That's how it feels. And I feel like it's why people, at least in the South, gravitated to Martin so much. But I was like a kid, so I loved Will because I was like, I want that to be my family. Like, I wanted to live in that family. I wish Aunt Vivian was my aunt. Well, no, so that's, yeah. <laughs> that's just Yo, I'm babe, the first one. The, the second one, she was, uh, but the first one was dope. Um, but no, nah, I'm, I'm glad I have you guys at the table. You guys are musicians. You guys have, you know, been very successful in your own rights. Um, as, you know, hip-hop, and I'm, I'm, I'm euphemizing it, right, because reality is, like, we're going to talk about R&B. We're going to talk about other things as well. But as hip-hop enters this sixth decade, right, starting in the 70s, and here we are, 
it's it's changed a lot. You know, you talk about just now, like what you know, the kinds of artists we respond to based on where we are and what we're going through in life. Um, I want to really take a deep look at how it's changed from a cultural perspective, how it's changed from an impact perspective in terms of like now it's the number one listen to music in the world. Um, and what does it look like for artists now? Like, you know, um, and I'll, you know, just a, a quick add on, I, just, I watched a like two and a half hour Drake interview with Rap Radar and, yeah. you know, and he talks a lot about, you know, the difference in like how even male artists now, how, you know, you have, you know, dudes singing about the deepest, most painful stuff just singing like you know what i mean and it, it that'll be a number one hit on the billboard charts right like so things have changed a lot um where where do you guys feel like the culture is going when it comes to hip-hop and die i'll stop, stop with you on this one yeah um man uh in thinking about first of all i just think that what we're seeing when we're looking at hip-hop and the way it's expanding mm -hmm. is that we're seeing hip hop finally get to have some of the privileges that like a rock and roll has had or a jazz has had, you know, because it's so young. And then like if you look at some of like the earlier rappers or, or the rappers that came from one of the earlier generations, like a like a Rock Kim or a Slick Rick, you know, they had like a shorter time window. You know what I mean? Where you see like a Jay Z, a Snoop Dogg, a Nas have twenty years in the game now. You know what I mean? So it's like we're we're seeing it. We're seeing it evolve to a different place because it's like, say, like a Rock Him and them. These guys, they can't like go on tour or anything like that anymore. If they do, it's in certain areas certain and locations pockets, and places yeah. where it's like the one band member that's still alive from the Doors, the white band, can still <laughs> go on tour and make a half a billion yeah, dollars. You know what yeah, I mean? It's yeah. ridiculous. You know, so it's like I feel like now we're watching hip hop. You know what I mean? As a whole, you know, rap and R and B like kind of move into this space. You know what I mean? I think the the biggest difference between this time period and the other time periods when they were growing is that like now we're in a place where we're living our life on the internet yeah. you know what i mean so like we're what the 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 ways in which it can expand is like limitless you know what i mean like like me being from philly like i would have like my own slang like i like like we'll say like john and young boy and drawn and stuff like that but it's like if you're from somewhere else, like you won't, you won't talk the way I talk. Not back in the day, but now because everything's connected. Like I could be somewhere and someone would say "young boy" in uh, in Delaware, and it's just like, oh, okay, all right. I guess it's cool. You know, we're we're, we're just all on the internet. You know what I mean? So, um, so no, I I just think that we're expanding into this place where um, we're going to see that we're going to be equal with some of the other genres of music. Right. You know what I mean? So because of that, we're gonna there's not gonna be limits anymore. We're not gonna be in a box anymore. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, so I'm excited for it. That's real. I mean, yeah. uh, Letter J, how you feeling about it? First of all, I love Philly slang. I be like, yo, that's a drum right there. <laughs> I love that. Um, I didn't. Was it Young Boy? Young Boy. Young Bull. Young Bull. Young Bull. Yeah. Oh. You guys already called me a Young Bull. <laughs> you gotta check out. You it's know Joe Moody. Out in Philly, yeah, that's I mean, my guy. Gotta, he's gotta, he's yeah. on my last project. Oh, dope! Yeah, so we've been on tour together and everything. Yeah, that uh, he, he dropped that freestyle, the John freestyle. Uh -huh. it's, like, it's, it's it's fire. Like you gotta check it out. Yeah, for, yeah. Like, more Philly slang. It's on right, right now. It's on YouTube now, though. You can oh, check okay. it out. Yeah, okay, okay. it's been. I mean, like, yeah. I don't. You know, I don't know. Um, it's interesting. Um, to me, yeah, like how hip hop is interesting i don't call it hip-hop anymore i call it rap music mm. because hip-hop to me started in new york or like definitely new york but arguably the east coast kind of had this thing now mind you my perspective was growing up in the south you know and uh it feels like hip-hop like with love and basketball she was like when did you first fall in love with i mean brown sugar when did you first fall in love with hip-hop and it felt like 
it was an homage to music from this lyrically contemplative, cognitive struggle from a black man's perspective about experiences. It was just, yeah, okay. I'm just trying to live first. Right. <laughs> right. My eyes watering. I was like trying to hold that car for like 30 seconds. Like, so the funniest thing to me is just like rappers are singers too now. And so there's like, there the lines are, there are no divisions, right? Which I think is cool. Um, <laughs> I have songs that I, I did a song with Skrillex. And I was like, it was like, diamonds in my skin, shining bright and glistening. Yep, yep, and about is in. Like, it was like, I was like kind of spitting a little, right. but I wasn't spitting. I was just right. singing. To me, yeah. that's singing, right? Yeah. And so somebody hears it like, oh, you a rapper too. I was like, no, man, this is a song. And I sang it. And it's just like, it's funny though, because literally people say I'm a rapper and a singer. And to me, I'm like a singer because I, I, Show, I believe that rapping is such a talent, such a skill, that I don't want to say I'm a rapper if I'm not like a rapper. You know what I mean? It's like somebody's like, oh my God, I want you in my movie. You know, I love your look and everything. And I'm like, but I'm not really an actress. And they were like, no, 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 I think you could body this role. So then, okay, I, I do the role. But then I'm like, I mean, you know, I've acted, but I think acting is such a skill that I feel like I'm disgracing it by saying I'm a. <gasps> Actress, I'm not an yeah, actress. Yeah, so I don't no say I'm a rapper because like I love Nikki because she's a rapper to me. I love Lil' Kim because she's a rapper. Eve's a rapper. Like these are rappers. Yeah, <laughs> like they and they can't yeah. sing. And if they're and like so Missy Elliott was dope because she was a rapper and a singer yeah, and a writer. She was one of my favorite artists like in the entire world, biggest influences. So I feel like it's interesting, like when I listen like Juicy World. Right. I I I had I streamed his project. Um, I would stream it all the time for our gaming events. Mm -hmm. And I found it so interesting that people were not concerned before he passed away. That's a real thing. Yeah. Everything, every single song, I felt as an artist, as a singer and a songwriter who places mad importance on lyrics, this brother is hurting. And he is taking copious drugs to mitigate his pain. This is escapism. Who is around him, and why are they not doing more? Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm but, looking... but my question is, why? Why does that keep happening? Like, cause, cause you're, you're that's real, right? There's so much pain in the music now. We hear it's like these cats are like 20 years old, 21, 19, six. Like, what is what is causing that? Uh, to be overlooked? Cause we, like you said, as a, as a lyricist, you hear it in the music. You hear something's wrong, right? Like. It's cool when you can make music that disattached or detached from your lived experience, but mm -hmm. as as artists, you also know a lot of it is your lived experience. So, like, yes. why is it going overlooked, and why is it that? And I can, I can answer that easily in terms of money, right? The, the people seem to seem to connect with it. But then my question, deep on a deeper level, would be why why are so many people connecting with that kind of music nowadays, where that wasn't the case before? See, I don't think it's just hip hop though. Like so, 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 so I don't think it's just today. You know what I mean? Because I mean, I think that's a that's an industry thing. You know what I mean? Like I don't know if anyone was asking questions about like Kurt Cobain. Yeah, I don't know if anyone was like stopping him because he was begging for help in his music or like or like what Jimi Hendrix would his his whole preparation to even get on stage. I don't think anyone was stopping that. You know what I mean? I think that like the I mean from the sheer numbers. 
It's seemingly, right? It just we just seem bombarded. But we have our yeah, phones now. You know what that's I mean? Fair. So yeah. so so it's different. Like we're sharing at a very very high rate. You know what I mean? Like we're all super connected, and our timelines are is the news, and we're looking at it every single morning when we wake up. Sometimes before we even look at nature. Sometimes before we even thank God, we just yeah. on a timeline. What's going on? You know what I mean? So I think I think that it's just about like where the light is going. So right now the light is on a place where it's like there. There's a there's a market to make money off of off of this from an artist perspective. You know what I mean? So artists are putting themselves in these positions. You know what I mean? Where it's like people have always taken drugs. You know what I mean? But I think that's just this is where the light is. You know what I mean? And there are some people who are like who are, who are utilizing this to sell. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's unfortunate because like there's pitfalls that come with it. Yeah. But the thing I would highlight is like, you know, when we look at uh, this, Amer- we can focus on American culture, right? Like suicide rates are up thirty percent since two thousand. And it's like, so that's a, that's a real number. Like, things have changed a lot. And you're like, well, what's different about 2000 and today? And I think, you know, I look at, for me, being being in business, I look at Facebook now owns Instagram. Facebook made the decision through Instagram to stop having likes being shown on in, in Australia and said to us, okay, we're going to do test pilots of it in the U.S. as well. Facebook has never cared at all about us. Like, we are what they are selling, right? Our data, our information. The fact that all of a sudden they're like, yo, actually, you know, we, we you know, just wanna, we wanna help out. We wanna make sure there's no likes so that people can just live normal lives. It's like, they've done enough research, in my guesstimation, to realize this shit looks grim, right? Like, like people are really being affected by this stuff in a deep way. And so it, it to me now, it's like, you're right. I think we do have access to hear more stories faster. So it might some, sometimes I feel like we're being inundated by things and the light is on this. But I feel like the light is on it and still not doing it enough justice in that there are so many people that are hurting these days that then gravitate to that the music in mass. Um, and I don't want to put it on just like, oh, these few artists, because it's not it's not just them serving a, a certain demographic, a certain person. But like when we're watching just cats fall, you know, you look at Mac Miller, you talk Juice World, like all these cats. And this is just the last two years. And it, it's and a lot of them tend to be young black men, you know, and I think that that part is very interesting, too, because historically that that hasn't been like suicide rates in the black community are up so much. And it's like that usually wasn't our battle, if you will. Yeah. And I don't want to sound dis like like I'm disconnected, but I mean, like it was we didn't culturally and, and mind you, a lot of it is like um, like you talk about escapism. We deny a lot of shit in our communities, too, whether it's Caribbean, African, black, like it's all together. We'd be like, he just said the nigga good. He right. pick it up. But like. It's like it's really become a thing. So that, that, that like I don't know, but that's I feel like that's part of the problem too. So when I think about like extentacion, right? I think about young black men in America today. You have, and they're all from the south. These guys are southern people. So you have this. There's a way a black man supposed to be. You strong. You don't cry. You hard. You good. You good. And he's not good. And you're dealing with so much, like, outside of evident poverty, right? They don't have money. But we do live in, we had a whole digital paradigm shift that's occurred. So now you are able to actually be financially okay. The biggest problem is people are equating being financially okay to being fulfilled. And it is not. And at some point, and so to the outside world, they're like, man, you got everything you want. I wish I had that, bro, right? But that did not solve his problem because there is a nucleus of that man. And that money didn't surround him 
by the kind of therapy that would heal him. It didn't give him the people that would make them authentically gravitate to who he is as a black man in America suffering because he lives in a place, he sees things in that place that are hurting him and he's not getting to show that he's hurting. Who is he leaning on? Who is he crying with? Who is he being consoled by? And I personally feel like that is in large part, the plot of the black men in America, which is why I feel the responsibility of a black woman in America is so dire that we are the queens that are capable, equipped with the natural gifts to uplift a king, to literally heal him in a sense. And these guys don't have someone to heal them. And then they're, they got money, so now they're surrounded by people that don't even care about them and so they're crying out through the way that they can cry out but to everyone else they got this money but it is not solving anything it's literally giving them the way to escape in the most wrong way possible for what they need and it becomes a cycle because and it's the and it's heartbreaking honestly and and like as an artist like I've never been rich but I have had a million dollar record deal but I remember, like, it is so funny because I've said this to people. I had, like, a penthouse in Jersey City. I had my apartment in L.A. I got my mom. I rented a house in Orlando. You know, driving my little bins and stuff. And I remember on Christmas um, Day, I was in Jersey City in my apartment. I was by myself. And I was sad. And I was looking around in my place at, like, six balconies. And I sat on my one of the terraces that faced New York. Like, New York was my view, like the skyline. Colgate building, bam, right in my backyard. And I was like, wow, I feel so alone. I didn't want to call anyone because I didn't want to talk to anyone. And I was like, and then I got a call that my father, my adoptive father, he passed away, right? And I was just like, I should be happier now, I think. I, th I think I should be happier now. And it was such an incredible moment for me because it was in that moment that I learned as a young adult, this shit really doesn't make me happy. Wow. It was like a light bulb moment. I learned that I needed so much more as a person to be fulfilled that happiness, first of all, is the most fleeting emotion because you can literally win the lottery and then something happens to someone you love and that happiness dissipates as quickly as it came. So then I was like, what should I be searching for? And I wrote my first book that, that day I started it because it was me understanding what does the pursuit of being fulfilled look like? Like what could take this away if this thing that I worked for, that I moved to a place for, doesn't give me what I thought it was gonna give me, what will? And I ask myself that every time I meet another black person, to be honest, because my people mean everything to me, and I just, I, I think of things that way, structurally, and I feel like when I think about these young people, young men, that, they need so much more and we are not giving it to them. And I feel like we as a community have a responsibility to 
reach them differently. Yeah, I think um, I think I think science actually plays a lot into this. You know what I mean? Because um, again, like you said, you know what I mean. Like hip hop is the top genre, right? So those are the people who we're looking at. You know what I mean? But we don't know what are the ramifications of humans with in cell phones and humans and, and, and us having to live two different worlds. Like, I mean, I don't know how every how old everyone is, but I remember like before cell phones. You know what I mean? I remember like street lights come on, go home, <laughs> shit like that. You know what I mean? So it's like I couldn't imagine what it's like to be born into a world with an iPhone, you know what I mean, with that much computing power on you. So it's like, and to have to live two different lives, right. you know what I mean? So regardless of like who was in, in, in the forefront of music right now, I feel like we would see, I, I, feel like, I feel like those numbers are probably the same across the board of like uh, suicides and depression, you know what I mean? Like more than just like hip hop artists. I think it's just humans in general. Because right. it's just like... Yeah. What is this that we're doing right now? You, you get what I'm saying? Like fentanyl and all that stuff. Is, I literally have like like like, like phantom 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 rings from my phone in my pocket. I reach for it and it's like it didn't ring. And it's like this is not normal. This is crazy. You know what I mean? Like I don't know if I'm this supposed to. Have, I don't know if like the human physiology is supposed to be built for that. You know what I mean? It just it never occurred for us, and we're seeing all of this happen within the past. 20 years. You know what I mean? And out of human existence. You know what I mean? So it's like. No one's talking about the science behind it. And if we can figure out that, and there should be like some studies around this and like kind of certain things around around that level, and I feel like that's gonna like help more with this. You know what I mean? Other than that, it's like I can see why people are depressed. As much as these things are connecting us, it makes us alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and we the, the idea with Facebook Facebook was to connect people, right? Connect the world. But at the same time, it's like everybody's become a master marketer. And I use master very loosely. I just mean like marketer, right? We just market our lives all the time. And so, versus like the real stuff. And, you know, um, what I found is is it's been very interesting. I remember I posted about this. um, I think I've shared this before, but I posted about this. Uh, my car got popped right in Best Eye. This was like like five years ago. Like shot? No, like uh, somebody punched it in. Oh. Stole my iPad in Texas. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> popped, you know, fair enough. Um, somebody tried me like a year, not even I mean, a year ago, like a few months ago. Um, but I remember posting that story because it was such a full day. Like, um, came to the car, is busted in. Um, my sister uses the find my iPhone app for the iPad. She's able to track it down to a Kennedy fried chicken right out here. Yeah, so like me and my homies, it's on my homie's birthday. We like all hop in the car, put a black plastic bag on it. We're driving up and down like no string trying to look for the cats. Because uh, the the thing is, if my iPhone's like five minutes delayed, or it was at the time, so you would be like, "Ah, right, we're here. There's nobody there. Like, what the hell?" Oh, so like we we at one point, I, I had just put this like blue case on the on the iPad the night before. It was like stark blue. And uh, cause my other case was ripping, and it was black, which is funny, because if it was black, I wouldn't have noticed it. Notice dude it. was walking by and just swinging it. And I'm like, oh, and it's like three of them. So I'm like, I can't just step to these dudes. Like, let me just get this shit right. So um, we're like tracking them up and down those streets for a minute. They walk into a pawn shop. The pawn shop dude's like, nah, I'm not going to buy that. I ran into the pawn shop like, yo, did some dude try to, try to just sell you an iPad? He's like, yeah, like a second ago. I'm like, yeah, they stole it from me. He's like, you better get them. I'm like, yo, what? So... Uh, my, yeah, yeah, it was crazy. My, my homie was calling the cops. Like they pick him up. This is all this weird stuff. This was over a, like a full day, um, and we ended up me and they like we got the iPad back, all kinds of stuff. Uh, but yeah, but I remember posting that story and then putting at the end of it like, and I'm posting that from the very iPad they try to rob, 
And to this day, it's been like my most engaged with posts on in Facebook history, wow. right? Because people were like, and a lot of white folks that were moving to gentrified neighborhoods were like, that's happened to me, but I just didn't feel comfortable saying it because they don't want to seem so racist. So they saw the iPad in your car and broke into the no, car. No, they didn't. It? No, what happened was, it, and it's still my fault. The iPad was under the seat. I used to I used to use it for music, so I tuck it under my front yeah. the front seat when I get out. Yeah. That's not visible from the street, or it wasn't right. at the time. What was visible though was my grandmother had given me like the champagne bottle from my my co-founder. Like yo, like yo, this is you know for A Christmas. Yeah, like you know, Merry Christmas. And I left the the bag, the gift bag in the car. So it's like some vibrant oh, gold color. Gotcha. So you walking by, you see it, you're like, oh shit. So they were like, oh, this is some bullshit. And they found the iPad and took wow. that instead. Um, but it was like some, it was like an archaic iPad, so it didn't have no value anyways, but it did for me because it had my notes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, of um, but yeah, but like, I, I just tried, cause it's like, normally though, we'd imagine the, the more like that, that from the standpoint of, uh, validation, I could put it at the end, I got it back, right? Justice. But like, <laughs> normally when negative things happen, your car breaks down, you don't post it on Instagram and nobody wants to see it. Like, or we think nobody wants to see it. Right. Um, and I think that it's, it's interesting watching the, the confluence of like, all the things that are going on and how we look at social media in these spaces. Um, for hip hop, I think hip hop or rap, if you will, right? It's from a cultural standpoint now, it's so different. You know, I was watching something recently where it talked about fashion wise, like athleisure is a thing, right? Like, yeah. you know, and, and, but historically, like things that athletes wore become fashion for the, for the masses, but more, more specifically, used to be fashion for like the rich people and then it became fashion for the masses. Um, rap culture, isn't everything now, right? Like, look at Wendy's social media account. Like, it's hilarious, but it's like it's 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 black culture. The way in terms of the way they respond to things, in terms of the jokes they use, um, when people say "dope," "woke," "fam," like my whitest of white friends will say, "Yo, what's good, fam?" I'm like, "Nigga, that's not true." Like, but it is now, right? Like, that's. Yes. culturally accepted you I mean, know we're like everywhere like yeah. even you said wendy i was like wendy like how you doing or wendy like <laughs> Fair, burger, yeah. you know yeah she wouldn't have even mattered before there was like one wendy popeyes threw, threw 10 stacks to this woman who on uh family feud was like they were like what's one thing popeyes eats chicken was a <laughs> woman. and everybody starts laughing and like dude was like spinach, spinach right yeah. and so t- popeyes slid her ten thousand. like was like yo that's that's great tv that so like dope. that is the culture now Damn. right like so and Powers isn't even black owned but they got the black woman on the commercial so everybody thinks they are but you know like that's funny so it's just it's it's so interesting how it's matriculated the culture yeah holistically um even overseas as well um i was telling chris off offline and i was in south when i was in south africa recently um i was having a conversation and the n-word came up and it was like the like not really the use of it just kind of came up in conversation and um i remember this young lady i was talking to she was like uh She's like, yeah, you know, um, like, what's good, my nigger? No, black woman, it's black woman. Oh, okay, okay, she okay. Didn't okay. Know, and I'm like, but I'm like, it, it, like, it means yeah, I was like, nah, it's, it's like, yeah. that sounds crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't yeah. do that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was wild. That's not what I mean. Better pronounce. That was wild. But you, in her mind, it's like, you know, that was she just hears it in our music and was yeah, like, yeah. oh, so it, it's interesting. It's interesting. <laughs> that was but, your South African accent. I didn't no, I didn't I didn't oh, try one. Okay. It, that might have just been my accent. Is it bad? It's probably just bad. I don't know. All right, y'all. So obviously we talked a lot about hip hop and how is how it's changed, rap music, how it's changed, how it's affected culture holistically. What is it what is it meant for your music? Like what does it look like? What is the over the horizon for you going into twenty twenty and beyond? Uh so <clears throat> 
I create music that speaks directly to who I am and what I represent as a person. Um, I've had enough years where I've created music for the entity and did what I was supposed to do. So I, my music is very anthemic. When people ask me what kind of music I create, I have definitely transcended genres. Um, for me, I create visuals through, so I wrote a short film. And um, the songs, the first episode has five songs. Each one of, each soundtrack to the film is my, is an EP, essentially. And so I have multiple episodes, get to be the director, because I fucking direct things. And I, you know, get to also express myself musically. And the best part is, it's not about a genre. I can have a rock song, because if it's this scene, I can have, you know, the country song, whatever it is. It's music speaks, and it's not about a genre. So I create world music. And um, I like creating songs that people can connect to, that they feel represents what they feel so that they know they are not alone, that encourages them, um, that helps them understand they're not the only ones that have gone through it. And so I write music for the world. That's dope. Mm. Yeah, dope. Um, yeah, man, I make music for like the underdogs. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I just, I remember like just being younger and uh, working on music and like they, my, one of my friends, she would always like compare me to another artist, be like, you need to do what they're doing. You need to do it like this. And it's like, nah, I'm going to take the long way around this block. I'm going to go the long way, but I'm going to own everything when I do it. You know what I mean? So I feel like um, I make music for, for, for those folks, those folks who might have to go to extra, extra couple steps and take the long way, but they're going to end up there. You know what I mean? Um, and in terms of like how I do it, you know, I kind of view everything from the perspective of like artist 2.0. I feel like we're just at a place where it's like, it's not just about creating music for me. It's about creation, period. You know what I mean? I like to create circles of people. I like to create like all kinds of art. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, and in, in, in doing that, my focus is always to like establish, like how can I, how can my music establish like a physical connection mm -hmm. within like a digital landscape? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So like, that's my goal from here going forward is just to remain a cultural architect, build the platforms, put my music on it and just... Like allow my music to be a soundtrack for my life. Yeah, you know. So, so real quickly, uh, how can people connect with you guys beyond here? Right, you first. Yeah, of yeah. course. Uh, so my hub is letterjmusic.com. Hmm. www.lettajmusic. Everything, every platform that exists, Letter J Music. Got you. And then for you, yeah, Doc. yeah. Um, Doc Cromwell. You know, they call me Doc because I connect those. So just, uh, <laughs> so just Doc Cromwell on everything. And I'm the co-founder of Million Watts. So pull up to a Million Watts event. Hey, nah, yeah. man, we could just do a collective freestyle real quick. And then... Oh, a collective <laughs> freestyle. Yo, you want? Oh, yeah, hey, get, get, it started. Started. Get, it, get it started. Then. All right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> we got, got, we got, got the time. We got the time. We got the time. <laughs> oh damn! I'm just all cursing. All right, um, all right, all right, all right. Shit. <laughs> um, I'm hearing. <laughs> I do not freestyle. Right. Um, oh, I'm gonna spit it right. All right, all right. <laughs> take ownership. I'm chilling with my crew. Uh, Letter J. Doc Cromwell here too. I'm gonna pass it off. Spin it to the next one. Doc Cromwell, pick it up. Drop the mic, son. Oh, we we serious. Oh, we serious. Hey, we serious. Hey, uh, ayo, welcome to the next level. Red light special, they be popping pussy for a bezel. In my zone, I was grown from the Reaganomics. Was in the hood with the devil dancing, empty pockets. If we don't profit, how we making the outcome? A diamond with a flaw or a pebble without one. My pedal to the floor, I ain't the one you gonna outrun. Get down a lay down, you're better off riding shotgun. They know you rock solid, try taking you for granted. I always make the finish line, just never how I planned it. Victor's right history, nigga, what did you think? I'm on the right path now, they acknowledge my ink. Hey. Hey.
Let her already sang for us, y'all. I'm not gonna put her on the spot. You know, know what I'm saying? She said she got respect scared. for rappers. I got respect I do, for rappers too, I do, bro. You know what I'm Good saying? stuff, man. Good stuff. You wanna and, check out them bars? Go to my website. Listen to them bars <laughs> to that melody. You know what I'm saying? Dallas and Philly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. That's WIL Take Ownership Podcast where we're taking ownership over your mental, your economics, and your community. Peace. Yeah, yeah. Peace.